Thank you. Right. Are you suggesting that someone's trying to make a real-life sequel? Stab 2? Who'd want to do that? Sequels suck. No. Two in the box! Ready to go! We be fast and they be slow! Wow! A second Super Saiyan? Second in order, perhaps, but by no means in stature. Your fight is with me now. And when I kill you, I will have killed the last Jedi. Man, I can't fucking believe this. Another basement, another elevator. How could the same shit happen to the same guy twice? Oh, please, please. By definition alone, they're inferior films. What is poppin' everyone? It is your host Chris here at Inside the Sequel, the podcast show where we talk about sequel movies that don't get enough love or attention and we bring them to light here and we give our respects and uh, just let you know whether we think they're better than the originals or not. <laughs> but uh, today, no, uh, there is no guest, it's just your good old host here and um, we're starting a new mini-series um, on the podcast so if you're hoping for other movies besides the genre for the next couple episodes, um, I totally understand. But I really thought it'd be important for this podcast to dive into Godzilla sequels. And for t- today's episode, we are talking about the 1955 sequel to the original Godzilla, Godzilla Raids Again. and excitement to stagger the imagination. The fantastic fire monsters raging out of the flaming bowels of hell. Mighty Gigantus crushing whole cities in its wrath. And deadly Angurus screaming its challenge of mortal combat. The battle of the ages. Scenes and sights and sensations beyond anything the screen has ever shown. Now, there is a new direction I want to take this podcast, at least temporarily, uh, with the new Legendary Pictures Godzilla vs. King Kong coming out uh, at the very end of March. I thought it would be a great idea for this podcast to talk about, because my when it comes to ranking, my favorite number is usually five. Uh, we will be talking about, in each week, leading up to the new movie, five Godzilla sequel movies that I think are... I, think you should watch before watching the new one now we won't talk about the legendary pictures like obviously you need to see godzilla 2014 and 2017's uh godzilla king of the monsters but i thought for those because i see a lot of buzz on twitter and on youtube and and just in the news in general for godzilla in this new movie i thought it'd be a great idea since i have gone through all of these movies for the most part um, my recommendations of five Godzilla movies to watch before this new movie, just to get an appreciation, maybe an understanding of the Godzilla character. I could do King Kong as well, but King Kong really doesn't have that many sequels per se. Bruh. And um, I just think Godzilla's filmography is just so expansive. It almost maybe is intimidating for some people. And I, I kind of just here to give you just rundowns of uh of each episode's uh, movie that we'll talk about. And, uh, you know, these aren't my favorite Godzilla movies. 
Uh, some of them are up there, but most all of these are just going to be movies that I think you should watch leading up to the movie because I th- just think it's an important one. And uh, today I think is an important one with 1955's first sequel to the original Godzilla Raids Again. Uh, so why why are we um, talking about this movie and, and what does it mean to Godzilla? Well, <laughs> without this movie, we wouldn't get another Godzilla movie until 62 with uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. So there was a long absence of Godzilla movies after this because even though the 54 Godzilla was so well received and highly regarded, um, you know, there wasn't that many, there wasn't that much of a, of a, of a chanting for monster movies uh, so Toho Studios saw the success and the lightning in the bottle that they had with Godzilla, uh, Gojira, that they made this movie six months after the first movie. So it was a quick, quick turnaround to capture kind of, um, the, the attention and, and the hype that Godzilla had created. So I think that's why this movie is definitely very important. Another reason this movie is really important to watch, I would say, is because it introduces the versus um, concept because obviously 1954's Godzilla, which you haven't seen, I recommend. Obviously, uh, Godzilla is this monster that starts destroying Tokyo, and it's just him. In this movie, in 55's Raids Again, the concept of Godzilla fighting another monster is introduced, and then is basically repeated on for the rest of Godzilla's history. So that's why I think this movie is very important. I also think this movie doesn't get enough. Uh, if it's a criteria of inside the sequel, because it doesn't get enough love or attention. I think it's very, you know, passed off. I think most people are like, uh, it's in black and white. It's, uh, you know, it just called raids again. I don't know. I just don't hear enough clamoring and, and, um, you know, championing of Godzilla raids again. And I think honestly, it's almost as good as the first one. It is a very, very well-made movie. I think it takes a few different tonal, um, directions that I think works in its favor. So yeah, uh, we'll we'll be getting into Godzilla Rays again in just a moment, uh, but I just wanted to say, if you are tuning in for the first time to this podcast, I think um, you should definitely get this uh, this podcast into your follows, into your feeds. We just launched uh, the website, uh, so if you just go on, on the internet, just type in www.insidethesequel.com, you will be taken to our page where you can see all our other episodes, um, and you can listen to them there as well. Uh, and then you get to just you find our email if you ever want to reach out to us. Uh, it gives you links to my Twitter that you can go on. That way you can you know connect with me if you ever want to be a part of the show. If you have maybe some episodes you'd like to hear, um, you can reach me there. We also have that YouTube channel, Hurtastic Reviews. There's a link there too. So you could go over to the YouTube channel and see how I look. And then hit that subscribe button and then laugh at me uh, based on my appearance and my opinions. Bruh. So there's all that good stuff there. Um, so we will be going into this series, just talking about Godzilla in the new movie and, and the old movies that the reason for the recommendation. So obviously we have the verses with King Kong versus Godzilla. So this movie automatically is important for introducing that versus concept. The other thing is, it, I think with this movie, it looks like at least with King of the Monsters, when it came out, um, it really tackled who the Godzilla character and how, what it, what Godzilla plays in the world of, of humans. Obviously, he's the king of the monsters. The the humans can only just sit idly by. And in King of the Monsters, um, Godzilla needs the help of um, 
the humans in defeating Ghidorah because Ghidorah is introduced in that movie um, and, and also with Rodan and Mothra getting their first screen appearances in the legendary picture films. Um, so with this movie, none of those characters are in there except Godzilla, but there is a lot of human element to this movie, uh, which I think the legendary pictures have done a pretty great job after 2014 in incorporating human characters to these monster movies. So I'm talking King of the Monsters and, uh, King Kong Skull Island, really great character developments, uh, really interesting characters and you care about them. It's not just about the kaijus fighting. So I would say that Legendary, I have to applaud that. And, and, and with this raids again, you know, I don't. I think this is one of the last times in a while. I guess until sixty, so uh, sixty four is Mothra um, versus Godzilla, where the human character element is kind of important. Because in King Kong versus Godzilla, it's not very important. It's a very satirical. It's comedy. It's it's Americans twiddling their their uh, their thumbs in front of the Japanese, in my opinion. But um, in this one, the the human characters are, are 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 pretty memorable. You care about them, and they're just really. It's a really good human story and kind of living in this world with monsters. So yeah, obviously I recommend this movie. And if you're new to the Godzilla movies, like I said, you should watch Fifty Four. Uh, I, I guess technically you'll have to watch Twenty Fourteen Godzilla, which I know sucks because I don't think that movie is very great. Um, but I think if you watch 54 and then you watch this, you will have some sort of appreciation for Godzilla. I think this will, this will kind of get you in the, okay, I I can get behind this monster because he's still taken very serious. If you like Godzilla where he's this menacing monster that's destroying things, he's not a good guy. He's, he's not funny or anything. These first two Godzilla movies, I think are going to be your cup of tea. And you got, you could say that for you know 2014 whenever you get to see that monster and then in king of the monsters he, he he's very serious as a monster um he's not too much of comedy most of that comedy relies on the human parts so some parts there that are that are worth noting if you're new to the godzilla movies now if you're going to get in, into the king kong movies i recently just watched the king kong from 1933 and I was blown away. I, I, I was not expecting the movie I got. I thought it was really well made. Terrific. I love, and I think it's no secret, I love Peter Jackson's uh, 2005 King Kong. I just didn't realize how influential that 33 was for him. He basically just updated that movie and made it longer, uh, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think he did a really great job in doing that. And I it, I think it's a really, really great watch when I watch it. Um but I was just impressed by that time that kind of storytelling was was implemented and the violence in it and the creativity. I was just I was very blown away by that King Kong movie. And I'm very much anticipating the 76 watch that I will be doing for King Kong. And then if you want other King Kong movies, um, last time I talked about The Monkey, um, I also recommend um, King Kong Escapes from 1965, I believe. That is a Toho-produced King Kong movie it has Akira Takarada in it which is one of my favorite actors in all of these Godzilla movies he's in there uh and, and it's just it's just a really fun movie with a with a mecha mecha king uh, yeah mecha king kong's in it and it has aliens obviously too so i would definitely recommend that movie it's a really cheap blu-ray you can buy i think it might be streaming i'm not quite sure and uh obviously kong skull island is a great watch so so go there and watch those king kong movies 
But back to Godzilla. So why should we watch Godzilla Raids again? Why is it considered a part of the Inside the Sequel catalog of sequels you should watch? Um, I think just for the, for, I think there's a lot of filmmaking to be applauded here. A six month turnaround for a sequel to a new property is impressive. You'll never see that again. I, I almost promise you that. I can't think of a sequel that comes out six months after the first movie and uh, it does very well. It, it, I, a lot of people thought it was, it wasn't that great. I still think in the realm of Godzilla movies, most people overlook this movie. They just think it's kind of, you know, kind of boring. It's a little too dated because it's not up the ante in the verse, the, the, the Kaiju versus aspect. But I think it still did pretty successful. Uh, the thing was, most people who watched it, because they were excited for the first movie, I don't think they liked the tonal change. Obviously, the director, Ishiro Honda, who did Godzilla from 1954, was not the director uh, for this movie, he, he didn't want original to, uh, he didn't want a sequel to the original Godzilla. He was done with that. He made his statement. He was proud of it. Moved on. Also, one of his best friends was uh, Akira Kur- um, Kurosawa. So you know, really, really, really famous uh, Japanese filmmaker who's made films like Seven Samurai, who who's who's done amazing things for cinema. Him and Honda were collaborating. They were they were moving on. I mean. Kurosawa absolutely loved 54 Godzilla, and Honda was done with that. He was satisfied, which I totally understand. But Toho, being the studio that they were, they're kind of like the Japanese Disney. They wanted to make more money. (laughs) So what did they do to get the directing? They got Motoyoshi Oda, who actually was buddies with both Honda and Kurosawa. He was brought on to make the directing, and he kind of thought of this as like, you know what, if it's not broke, don't fix it except he tweaked it a little bit. He thought instead of a more serious movie, because obviously what Honda had done is really hard to replicate. You obviously see that with the cat, the catalog of Godzilla movies. You don't see anything near the, the, um, the caliber of 54, I guess until 1984, or you could say, um, final wars maybe, or Shin Godzilla. Uh, you don't see that kind of caliber of Godzilla movies made, um, like 54 again for long periods of time. But he thought, I'm not going to try and do what Honda did. I'm going to do things a little different. So I'll make it a little bit more entertaining. I want to make it a fun monster movie. And that's what he did. Um, And the other big thing about this movie is Motoyoshi Oda, I think, did a a phenomenal job. I think he doesn't get enough credit for what he did for this movie. Because not only did he have to you know, take the mantle for this property at a quick turnaround, but he also had to inherit every, he didn't get to inherit everything um, Honda had. Motoyoshi Oda didn't have the composer that Oda, uh, that Honda had eventually for other movies. Uh, he didn't have uh, the legendary Ifukube, if I believe I'm pronouncing it right, Akira Ifukube, who, he's not the composer of this movie, but he's basically the, the composer for every other Godzilla movie, but he's not in this. So, um, Oda had to get someone else to do it. And, you know, it, it. there was a good job done in this movie. The score is a little bit more upbeat, but it still kind of has that serious tone. Uh, he doesn't have as much of the acting caliber. He has to bring in a few new people. Um, Akira Takarada is not in this movie. The the only thing he does in here, I think that is very important, is that Dr. Yamane returns in this movie. Takayashi Shimura comes back, which I think is very admirable. You don't see that too many times. He's hardly in the movie, but the fact that he is back in this movie from the first, um, I think, says a lot to his devotion to the Godzilla monster and and his love for it. Because he, I mean, this is a guy who is in so many great Akira 
Kurosawa films, and he's here doing a sequel to Godzilla in a six months' time. And what he does is he he's still the professor. He he gives more knowledge to who Godzilla is fighting in this movie, who which is the monster Anguirus, uh, which is like this spiny four-legged monster that ends up becoming very very iconic in this in the franchise of Godzilla. He ends up being a good guy, um, but. You know, I, I, I like that. I like how we get some monster feedback because a lot of times in the Godzilla movies later on, they're either alien created or they're ancient beings. This is a monster that just kind of is blown, has come up kind of like Godzilla from radiation and just this giant dinosaur, basically. And, uh, and then what I think is really great about this movie, you remember in 1954, spoilers, Godzilla the monster died. Dr. Serizawa used the oxygen killer to destroy himself and the monster at the end of the movie. And in this movie, there's a new Godzilla that's trapped in ice, which I think is, it's kind of fun. It's kind of like eye rolling. You're just like, oh, like, of course, there's going to be a new weird way of bringing a Godzilla monster. But this is replicated later on in the Godzilla franchise. So, you know, if you if you're like a big fan of Godzilla, you're going to you're going to see, like, this is the granddaddy. This is where they kind of got that idea. Godzilla's trapped in ice. <clears throat> Two pilots, the main characters in the movie, <clears throat> uh, who are um, Shochi Sukioka and Koji Korobayashi are the main characters. They're, uh, they're uh, fighter pl- pilots who actually discover the uh, the monsters fighting in, this, in the, uh, in the uh, ice caps. And uh, they try to uh, attack the Godzilla monster. It doesn't work. Um, so they, they escape after, um, you know, basically their recon of, of seeing this. And uh, what I love about them is they're buddies. They, they have a girl that's their friend as well, who they kind of have a romantic relationship with. Well, one of them does, which I, I think is Soshi, I believe. And just, it's just like a lot of banter. It's like these three people together um, trying to get overcome the odds of this monster being rebirth. And I think uh, that's kind of, when it comes to Godzilla storytelling, the human elements aren't usually the strongest. They're usually pretty lackluster. They they borrow from a different genre and they're kind of funny. I mean, they have an aliens for crying out loud in most of these Godzilla movies. And this is just a full-fledged human story. And the the, the fighter pilot characters I absolutely love. They're funny, they're brave, they're knowledgeable, they care about one another. And uh, when they get the task of having to tell the military that these uh, monsters exist, um, they aren't taken serious. Even though the Godzilla monster, you know, obviously had been, you know, proven that he exists, they have to come back and, and prove that there's more monsters alive. They, they, they kind of, you know, identify them as like dinosaurs, which I think is kind of funny. Uh, but when Yamane kind of believes them, Yamane is kind of the believer, then the wheels start turning. But it's a little too late because these monsters, Godzilla starts fi- uh, starts swimming back um, to to the mainland to cause some damage, and Garrus as well shows up because these monsters are so big they, they you can see them when they're swimming. Um, they 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 go to the Japanese city of uh, I believe it's o- Osaka, I believe. Yeah, they, they they go to Osaka to fight, and and Godzilla, which I think is really great that Motoyoshi Oda does is he doesn't tweak the Godzilla. Um, look that much in this movie the Godzilla suit is altered but the uh, it still kind of looks the same it still has the eyes and the dark menacing brooding look uh, moves slow but the thing is 
that they fix the dorsal fins and they make it the suit a little bit more flexible because um, in the first movie, Godzilla is very stagnant and moves very slow. And in this one, he has to do a lot of sumo wrestling, basically. So they make the suit um, a little trimmer and a little bit more flexible. So he moves a lot more in this movie. But he still has that scary, sharp teeth, menacing look. And in Gears, <clears throat> kind of looks like this waddling little... Um, dinosaur with a tail and spikes and the way they scream at each other and roar it's still the godzilla iconic roar and um and and then ingiris is well the the fun thing about ingiris that i love is that his his growl has always stayed the same his looks always kind of look the same too he's just like the old reliable in my opinion when it comes to these movies i absolutely enjoy the ingiris monster and i love later on when he becomes uh godzilla's you know, partner in crime, basically, when they start doing 2v2 fights, um, but yeah, so <clears throat> they get into the fighting, and it's obviously shown that this is what the Godzilla movies are probably gonna start looking like, it's, it really wasn't shown, uh, this was kind of like, like, cut and revolutionary for its time, how Godzilla's movies were going to be and how they were fighting because it's sumo wrestling, and I think it fits, people kind of think it looks kind of lame that they're fighting like this, but I think at the time you got to think got like that sumo wrestling was such a was such a was such a popular thing at its time that it makes sense that that this is how these monsters are going to fight. But I mean that doesn't go without problems cuz I mean Dr. Yamane had had obviously in in a really great conference in explaining the um the Ingeris monster he explains how like there this is like a legendary species that has a, a a long time beef with the Godzilla monster. I think like adding that little back that little backstory of drama fits. Um, also, this movie gets a little violent at times for the human characters. There's like uh, like they're transporting like inmates and they escape and there's like a huge chase scene and then then from there it's just like all like. Like all these uh, chaos is happening because Godzilla shows up. They they try to black out the, the 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 Japanese city to hopefully you know convince Godzilla that there's no one there that's worth attacking. He still does anyway. Uh, these inmates are you know escaping and ruining everything. And then Angira shows up. It it just it's just <laughs> it's just like car chase scenes. It's like a drama drama pause to see what Godzilla's gonna do. And then emergence with flares and, and and what I love about these early Godzilla movies are that the effects are like there's such miniature miniature scale. <laughs> um, you can tell that they're little placements, which I think is still kind of adorable, and I think it's very charming. So you know you see these little like military um, uh, uh, trucks, I guess you know shooting at Godzilla Godzilla emerges and just starts squishing them you can see like little miniature people inside of them at times too which is kind of fun and then Ingeris shows up and they start fighting they 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 topple down a, a, a Japanese uh castle building and uh they, they just start fighting and what interesting is about this movie is Godzilla uses his hydro bomb or his uh oh, what is his atomic breath and like it doesn't show any indication usually in all the other uh, installments it shows like his dorsal fins kind of flaring up changing colors or turning brighter or darker this one he just shoots it on will which is kind of crazy um you got to remember this is a different godzilla character uh, previous to the first one and different to the latter ones it's just kind of its own monster because it's trapped in ice so he starts fighting in garius 
Um, but Anguirus, Godzilla kills Anguirus actually, and uh, which is funny because Anguirus will show up <laughs> later on. But Godzilla kills the monster, and uh, they the humans think maybe this is the fight's over. Like, all right, like he's left, we're we're good to go. Um, obviously, uh, there was a lot of injuries injuries that were were given, and um, when Godzilla has left and everything said, they, the main characters Hiroshi uh, and um, when the characters Soyochi and Koji find out that Godzilla had destroyed the a, a few military submarines when he was on his way out, they have to go out and look for him with the military. So they have to hop back in their fighter pi- planes, which. A lot of the characters are, they kind of say like, that's kind of dangerous, you know, but it's a lot of respect that you're doing this. They, they go out and, and they start to search for Godzilla. They, they go and go back to the ice caps where Godzilla was first found. And, um, they begin an assault basically on, on the, uh, the monster and God, it kind of turns into like a King Kong finale where these fighter pl- jets are like shooting Godzilla and he's kind of on the ice but it's not doing much. He's just destroying them there, um, you know, one by one and picking them off. It gets pretty intense. Uh, but this is one thing I really think the the strong suit of this movie is. It really gets you invested in the characters, so you really get attached to them. So when the character Ko- Koji Kobayashi, kind of like the funny third character of the movie, one of the fighter pilots, he starts to notice that nothing is working um to um to just stop the Godzilla character they drop bombs on him it's not working um but so what he does is he he distracts um Godzilla and he gives the idea to all the fighter pilots by he he gets he, he's about to be killed he crashes his plane into the the uh the uh, the, the mountains uh of the snow and it starts to sh- the, the, the rest of the military starts to realize his sacrifice is that they could probably cause an avalanche to bury the Godzilla monster. So what they do is they start, instead of shooting bombs at the monster itself, they start shooting it at the, the, uh, the ice caps, and eventually it works. So they shoot it at the mountain, and it buries Godzilla in the snow, and uh, they use it a few more times on him, and eventually he gets trapped in these ice caps and gets frozen and buried in snow. You can hear Godzilla's terror, uh, terrorizing roar, and that's kind of how you know that that's where his demise is. Um, obviously, the main character <laughs> of um, uh, Shiochi is devastated that he's lost his best friend, but it was, I guess, to... It, he didn't die in vain. It was a very... It was a very brave sacrifice that he kind of gave the idea of how they could defeat the monster because if not, all of them probably would have died. Uh, and, and that's how the movie ends with Godzilla dying and being buried in this snow and ice and just never to be seen again. And that's it until 1962 with King Kong vs. Godzilla. I know I kind of explained the movie kind of quickly and in layman's terms, it sounds pretty short. It kind of is because it's like, it's like under... 90 minutes it's like 80 minutes long this is a very quick movie but that's what i think is its strong suit it's a very quick point a to point b movie but it has a lot of development that it didn't need to have that makes it so much better also i think the i think the technical work needs to get applauded in this movie because at its time remember this is 1955 
These are all new things. When Godzilla is fighting Angiris, this is original stuff. They're like, you know what? Sumo wrestling's popping. Let's go ahead and throw it in. And, you know, you get some sound effects when they're fighting. The, I will say, though, the fighting sequences look a little awkward in this movie because uh, <laughs> the background information to this, uh, Oda wanted the fights to be in slow motion, which I guess the runtime would have been a lot quicker. But uh, one of the cameramen... He, I don't know what he was doing, but he accidentally damaged the lens and it actually made the scenes accelerate in fast motion instead of slow motion. So when you're watching the movie, they look like they're moving really fast next to each other when they're fighting. <laughs> it's because they, the, the film from the camera got damaged so it only could go in fast forward. Bruh. And they didn't have time to reshoot and get cameras. They were just like, fuck it, let's just throw that in. We'll just make it look a little slower if we can. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, that that's a little small fun quirk. Um, the Japanese Empire, uh, I, I don't think it, it's like a dojo of sorts. It's it was destroyed in the first movie. It's destroyed in this movie, and it gets destroyed in um, King Kong vs Godzilla. It's just this iconic building that always gets trampled on and destroyed. Um, that that's in this movie, and and again, it's all about the characters. This one, I. I I, I always say that Godzilla movies have decent enough stories with different types of subgenres besides being a monster movie that make it entertaining enough. You may not remember who the main character names are, but if you know somewhat of what the subgenre is, you know what the plot is. So in this one, it's just fighter pilots discovering a new Godzilla monster and having to destroy it. And they, you know, are close knit and they don't want to put themselves in danger, but due to circumstances, they become heroes. Simple as that. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. It has a lot of background people that are important and integral to the success of Godzilla later on too. Like I said, um, that a few of these actors do appear in later installments. So the character Kiryoshi Kuzimia, Kuzimi, excuse me, who does play Shochi, the main character, he will end up appearing in Godzilla vs. Mothra, which I think is one of the best Godzilla movies. He also shows up in Ghidorah and in Mechagodzilla and in 1984's Godzilla. Uh, so so a lot of the, uh, you, one thing you'll notice when we go through each of these top five movies that you'll need to watch, there'll be, I'll sometimes highlight certain actors who were in previous installments. So if you end up do watching them, you'll recognize faces, which I think is very rewarding. If you recognize certain characters' faces and the character they played, it makes the next movie you see them in so much more um, fun. So that's why I love Akira Takarada. Not only was he because he was Toho's A-list actor, he was he was in so many of these Godzilla movies and played different types of characters, and he just had so much fun with them. And you and you see that with a few other characters here and uh, different actors. And then the actor of Yoshio uh, Sachia, I believe is how you pronounce his name. He has a smaller role in this movie. Um, he plays Tayama. He actually will show up in the uh, Invasion of Astro Monster. And in a few other Godzilla installments later on as well. So you get a lot of, um, I guess, Godzilla alums from this movie um, that you will get in the next sequels. So I, I would say that the special effects directing is is phenomenal. And that's from Elijah uh, Subiara, who actually, I think, does a phenomenal job in this movie. And he continues that with later Godzilla movies. And he also was the main creator of the Ultraman series. So if you recognize that name, that's also where he, um, he got his, uh, his, uh, his big start. He, he was just so instrumental to these Godzilla movies. Um, he was just so fascinated 
with monsters and, and sci-fi. And that's the reason he did this stuff. Um, in one of the special features, which I got here from the Criterion Collection, I know he was inspired heavily by that original Godzilla movie, or King Kong movie from 33, which is, um, kind of the reason why you see the special effects look kind of like stop motion like, and I think that's because he got that, um, he got that, uh, uh, I'm trying to think that inspiration from those movies. And I mean, he is just embedded in Godzilla lore because he's just in so many movies. He also does a lot of phenomenal works in, um, in, uh, Akira Kurosawa films. Like he was in Throne of Blood. He was in Seven Samurai, Hidden Fortress. Um, he, he, his, you can't watch a Godzilla movie or a Japanese movie from the, um, sixties on through the seventies without seeing, um, Aisha Subriara's name. He's just so embedded in, in just Japanese cinema. And that, I think that's another reason that you, that you should give these Godzilla movies a chance is when you watch the special effects, the movie making of this movie is so evident. It's so... It's so unapologetic, but also cherished at the same time. It's one of the few movie franchises outside the horror. I mean, it is like in the, the realm of horror movies, I guess you could say. At least some of these early installments. But and a lot of times in horror movies, you can see like Tom Savini, obviously. Um, you see like these special effects, effects artists putting in their heart and soul and, and just cherishing these monsters, these effects, these scenes in these movies. And you can, as a, someone who watches them, you can just see and applaud that 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 movie making. And I think a lot of times when we watch movies, we really have to applaud like the script writers or the um, the directors. But I think like special effects artists, music composers that are outside the the main three of like Hans Zimmerman, <laughs> um, John John Williams, and like Howard Shore. Um, you know, you you don't you don't hear too many other composers that get that kind of love. But I feel like Akira Ikafube should get that love for the Godzilla movies. He doesn't do it here in this movie, but in later movies, I think he 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 does deserve that. Also, shout out to Jerry Goldsmith as an underrated possibly composer. I think he is pretty well known and popular. But um, you just shout out Jerry Goldsmith there for a quick sec. Uh, but uh, yeah, I gotta yeah, I gotta say, Godzilla Raids Again is just a really great movie. I think it's short enough that you'll appreciate it. If you don't like it, you're not ruining your entire day. It doesn't take that long to watch. And if you like the 54, do you kind of watch want to watch a sequel that's in its same vein? This is a really good one. I think sometimes when people think, oh, after Godzilla, I got to watch King Kong vs. Godzilla. Or I got to watch like Mecha Godzilla or something. They just dive right into it. I feel like that could hinder some people because it's just a complete departure. And I mean, that's part of the reason why Honda left for, all, for multiple times throughout Godzilla's reign. <laughs> Uh, but Godzilla Raids again. I totally recommend this movie. You get a lot of sweet stuff, and you get a lot of you get. I I I'll, I will say a lot of the things this movie does gets improved on in a few other movies. But because this was the first movie to introduce a lot of ideas, I think it does very well in that way. You know, kind of setting the bar. So yeah, that's uh you know you know how it is with me when it's just me here. There's no guests. It's just they're gonna be quick. They're gonna be sweet and informative uh, episodes here. So. That's my take on why you should watch Godzilla Raids Again from 1955. It's also very accessible to watch. Uh, You can watch this on the HBO Max um, streaming service. You can also watch a lot of show era films. But here's what I will say. You should maybe take these recommendations. Each week we're going to have a Godzilla movie recommendation that you need to watch. And 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 I not only put what I think of in importance and what it means for the next upcoming movie that's coming out, but also on ways you can watch it. 
So a lot of these will be accessible watch movies. So Godzilla Raids again, you can watch HBO Max. I think you should start there. And then in next week's episode, if you've already watched Godzilla and you want to watch this next one, I got you taken care of for next week. Um, so if you kind of like this idea of this mini of this uh, this mini series of just five Godzilla movies to watch before the new one comes out, let me know um, when this video comes up or this podcast episode comes up. Give me some feedback. I'd love to hear. If you want to be a part of this mini series, I will be reaching out. If you want to be a part of it, reach out to me. Maybe we'll get something to work out. Um, I can let you know now that for our next episode, it's going to be on, obviously, is uh, Godzilla versus Mothra. Um, I think some people are going to be like, why isn't King Kong versus Godzilla on here? I'll be straight up honest now. I'm not a big fan of that movie. Um, also, it's harder to get a hold of. It's not streaming on HBO Max. I think it might not even be on the Criterion channel, like most of these are as well. I think you might have to only be able to buy the disc or maybe have to rent it. So um, if, if you'd like to see a King Kong vs. Godzilla review uh, for 1962, let me know there. But uh, as far as um, next week's episode, we're going to be doing Godzilla vs. Mothra so, from 1964, which is one of my favorites. So uh, look forward to that. But yeah, if this is your, um, if you enjoy this, don't forget to um, like this uh, post and share it with everyone. Uh, I love to hear the feedback. If you want to um, go on our new website on insidethesequel.com, just type that in. If you type it in, you might have some issues. It, it says unsecured, but I promise you it is a secured website. I'm just working out some of the back kinks on that. Uh, but you can listen to other installments there. I really appreciate the feedback I've been getting recently. Um, and if you want to hear more of my voice that's outside of sequel movies, you can um, check me out. I was recently on Daniel uh, Daniel Epler's Cobwebs Gothic Cinema Podcast. I mean, I think I'm a glorified co-host on that podcast, but uh, I definitely recommend you listen there. Uh, we did it on The Invisible Man and Invisible Man's Revenge. And then um, for next month, there are a few guest spots that I had there that I will leave under wraps as a surprise. And if you want to see what my thoughts are on Oscar-winning movies, I was also on Cobwebs again <laughs> for um, where we ranked the ni- the best, or I, we ranked uh, best picture winners that we thought should have won in the in the decade of the 90s. There's a new one that'll be popping up soon where um, we'd go again and talk about uh, the 2000s decade. And uh, that's with a collaboration between myself, Daniel from Cobwebs, and Mitch Oliver from The Terror Table. So check out The Terror Table if you haven't yet before um, until you heard that till now. It's an amazing podcast that's available wherever you listen to podcasts. So um, I thank you all for your time and I hope you enjoyed this mini series going forward. And if you're excited for Godzilla versus King Kong, let me know because I love to know about all these kaiju fans that are showing up on Twitter. I'm so glad I'm not alone. Um, but yeah, thank you all for listening. And remember, if you aren't watching kaiju movies, do you really care about cinema? Anyway, we'll see you next time.